Welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're an industry pro, you're building, or you're buying, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. We're coming to you live today from the LP Studios here in Wisconsin. I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you for tuning in today. I am here today with Kadra Evans, Director of Industry Relations for Zillow. Hey, Kadra, welcome to the Home Building Hero. Thanks for having me, David. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, really great to get uh, someone from Zillow on the podcast. So obviously we talk a lot about home building, we talk about real estate. Um, Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, so I'm gonna date myself a little bit here. Uh, I've been in the real estate industry about 20 years. Um, started kind of the traditional agent route, decided that was not the route for me. And then I ended up uh, during the recession, the, the great recession, I um, I ended up doing REO asset management. Uh, so our company worked for big banks managing their foreclosure portfolios and then found myself really needing to get out of that world. Uh, about five and a half years ago, I joined Zillow in the industry relations world. Okay. So what, what appealed to you about joining Zillow uh, versus being kind of more on the agent and then the, the REO side? You know, Zillow is just kind of an interesting entity. And I, I knew even five and a half years ago, six and a half years ago, when I started kind of barking up the tree of, of wanting to work there, I knew that they were doing big things in the space. But they never, it's gotten more real estate focused the longer I've been there. And so I've really been able to lend a lot of my experience that I never even knew I that would be so beneficial to Zillow. I've been able to lend a lot of my experience to the teams as we grow and kind of change and pivot. So um, I know one of the things that, uh, and we didn't really talk about this, but I know Zillow has been kind of involved with it is, is getting really more involved in that transactional side, not just the information side of you know, here's, here's the home that's listed there. Like they're actively like, you know, purchased through Zillow, right? That's something that you guys are potentially looking at. And, and yes, I think, I think what you're thinking is our Zillow offers program. Yes. That was our, that was our iBuyer kind of akin to open door and offer pad. And we, we ran that business for several years and we actually ended up shutting it down late last year. Okay. Um, it's a really risky business. We were, the, the initial idea behind starting that was we think everyone, everyone might want to sell this way one day and we can't afford not to have a piece of that. Sure. And what we learned over time was not everybody wants to sell that way. And it's really risky. It's really operationally intensive. And we're not helping as many people sell as we want to. We we helped 40,000 people instead of 4 million people. And that's not, we, we want to do something that we can really do well at scale. And so we got out of that business. Um, we do know, however, this is, this is kind of recent news. We, we still think a big subset of sellers want to sell to an iBuyer. They want the convenience. The higher fees don't necessarily kind of deter them. Sure. And so we launched a partnership with Open Door a few months back, and we're going to leave it up to the experts. So, so sellers will really just have a lot of options when they go to Zillow. Um, if they want to get in touch with an agent, they can. If they want to explore iBuyer uh, offers, they can do that too. Okay. No, it's interesting. And I'm glad you clarified that because I know there was some some of that kind of going on. And I know like realtors were concerned in certain areas because there was, then there's also like licensing requirements in different states and things that kind of all got in the way as well. So I know it was, it's not really easy to try and do something 
nationwide with real estate the way it's designed as as it is currently. You're right. We uh, <laughs> along with Zillow offers, we we shifted. Oh gosh, I think it's been about two years now. We shifted to being a completely IDX powered website, which meant that we had to be a broker. And so we became a brokerage, but Zillow Inc. is our real estate brokerage. We are licensed in every state plus Washington, D.C., and we are members of, I want to say, 450 MLSs across the wow. country. Yeah, that's a lot to keep track of. It's, I, it's, so, it's so insane when we started going down this path. We were like, oh, gosh, okay. There is no standard way of doing things. Everybody does it their own way. But we get to have better listing coverage across the country by pulling these feeds from the MLS. Absolutely. So let's talk about that for a sec, because obviously Zillow is really one of the go-to you know, real estate websites for consumers, especially. Why do you think they choose you guys over some of the other sites that are out there that aggregate information or even just the one specifically like realtor.com? Yeah, I, there's there will always be realtor.com loyalists. There there are people that just swear by it and that is their platform. Same thing with with anybody else that's that considers themselves the home shopping platform. They've got their their loyal folks. Um at Zillow, we have a we have a set of core values that kind of drive the business and the culture and what everybody works for. Um the one that I think kind of resonates for this question is um consumers are our north star. So that means that while we kind of serve a lot of different masters, we serve builders and agents and brokers and rent uh, landlords and property managers, but ultimately what it all comes down to is what consumers want. So if a consumer says we need a more immersive experience, we want floor plans, we want three tours, Zillow is going to give that to them. And so you're just getting the best experience and it's kind of a delightful experience. You know, you, you hear it all the time. <laughs> Like Saturday Night Live did a whole skit about how fun it is just to go play. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's just we aim to please. So so that kind of makes sense. And you're really, you know, your first uh, mission is kind of the customer experience to the website and really making sure you're delivering all the information. Then the other things kind of come along. Um, so there's a couple of points I want to touch on. But, you know, I guess let's talk first from like the agent side, because I know Early on, I remember I had an account on Zillow and I was like, okay, you kind of like brand yourself a little bit. That was kind of the original part of it. How do you help real estate agents, you know, create more awareness for themselves? Because I think a lot of them, that's the challenge, right? Is I got to show I'm the expert and get get people to me. So how do you guys help with that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, we are limited somewhat by MLS rules and how we display information. And so um, what we do do that's kind of a behind the scenes thing that you would never see unless you're on the receiving end of it. This is stuff I love, by the way. So. Uh, it's so <laughs> great. So so what we do is, is if you notice if you're ever stalking a particular house on Zillow, we'll start feeding you that property. Like, hey, is it time to make a move on this property? Um, so we're really helping the listing agent kind of boost the exposure and they don't even know it's happening. It's completely in the background. Um, we also, so if, it's kind of like uh, a behavioral, um, targeting or retargeting kind of yeah. within the site. Uh -huh. Okay. Yep. And they'll, they will serve them more houses like the ones that they've been stalking and really seem interested in. Um, but what we also do is as soon as the consumer clicks the button to contact an agent, we send that agent's 
information, their whole profile, their reviews, kind of the about me section, we send that to the consumer so that they they get kind of a full glimpse at to what that agent is all about that we're connecting them with. So it's all this little stuff that goes on behind the scenes and agents don't really see it. And so they kind of are left wondering, but but it helps everybody. And so that's why Zillow does it because it's a better consumer experience at the end of the day. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so um, most of the data that you get is fed through local MLSs, correct? But now do you guys still have, because I know there's been some kind of off again, on again things like I know for, for builders for a while, like my listings would feed through MLS and then they took new construction out. I don't know if you're around when that decision was made and how that that happened, but can you talk a little bit about that and how, how you kind of work with builders? You know, we we work with builders. We we again think consumers should have full transparency. So the decisions that you're referencing, I don't know much about those. Those are okay. probably made at a higher pay grade than my own. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do know that recently, um, we've had builder products for maybe six or seven years, and the the whole the whole point of having those is so that builder and new construction properties show alongside used homes. They um, because consumers want everything. And we know that sometimes consumers aren't necessarily looking for new construction, but they end up buying new construction. And so it's really important for them to have all of the options on the site. Now, what you also may be referencing that I, I'm not quite sure, when we made all these changes to pull in MLS feeds, we had to kind of separate listings that weren't coming from the MLS and they show up on a different search. Gotcha. Which is, it's not ideal. We're working really, really heavily on trying to get some policies changed so that we can show everything on the same search. Um, because again, we think that consumers should be able to see builder homes for sale by owner homes, maybe foreclosure properties, whatever else doesn't fall into that traditional MLS bucket. Sure. Yeah. We're in the information age, obviously. So consumers want to be able to have access to as much stuff as possible, obviously. So I'm sure, sure that's a good decision. Yeah. I mean, kind of just the background on it, kind of what happened was they, like for us in particular, we used to have a feed mm-hmm. and um, it would just, anything that I put in MLS would show up on Zillow, right? And then all of a sudden they said, well, we're going to, we're going to exempt new construction. And then you're going to have to pay to, to show your stuff. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa here now. And so that happened for a while. And then, you know, I just kind of fell off a little bit with the platform. And I, I'm sure a lot of, especially smaller mid-sized Builders probably did that. Now, obviously, at the end of the day, that maybe didn't benefit the consumer. So I'm glad to hear that it's kind of back to. Yeah, we're definitely, we're always looking to improve the experience. And so new construction is a little bit of a later product for Zillow. We really just were heavily focused on resale for so long that there's, there's still definitely work to do uh, in the new construction space. Um, And the products that we have really are geared towards community builders. So we want to figure out ways to bring more custom builders, infill builders. We're definitely looking for ways to bring them into the fold as well. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the other challenges you have with new construction is that, you know, there are some things out there, like say new home source or something where, you know, you can input this thing and let's say put in your base price and put in. And I think this causes a lot of confusion for customers because it'll be like, Oh, you could, you could get this home for this, this, you know, low price. And then people are really excited about it. And then they find out, Oh, that doesn't include, you know, all these other things that I need to actually move in. Right. And then it, it, it comes through as data to you guys. And it's like, it's not really, it's kind of garbage in garbage out. Right. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. Yes, it is. It's something that I know our teams work tirelessly with builders uh, on is making sure content is fresh, content is updated, content is correct and accurate because again, it's a reflection of both the builder and Zillow when that consumer has a bad experience or it isn't expectations aren't set properly. Yep, that definitely makes sense. So what are some of the new things that you guys have on the horizon that you guys are are working on or looking at maybe rolling out down the road that uh, will be benefits to everyone? Yeah, we've got some pretty cool stuff. Uh, so, and COVID actually did us a favor with being able to catapult some of this stuff into the near term rather than on our three-year plans or or what longer. Um, but we were able to, we've got a pretty cool 3D tour uh, experience that you can shoot right from an app. Um, and it's a free, oh, really? it's a free tour. Yeah. Uh, and we actually, it, it um, it, uh, integrates with one of the, the Rico 3d home cameras as well. So you can get a, a little bit higher quality if you use one of the 3d home cameras. Uh, that is pretty cool. Uh, we, I think the stat that I'm allowed to share is that, uh, listings with those 3d tours get twice the click throughs. Uh, so in a world right now where every lead, every eyeball is more important than ever, you know, having this extra rich media experience is, is important. Um, one of the other cool things that we just launched, and I think we'll still see to uh, continue to see some iterations on it, is interactive floor plans. So you shoot the 3D tour, and we actually can, on the back end, we've got staff that creates an interactive floor plan, a floor plan based on the, the tour. And oh, nice. we pull the still listing images into each part. So as you navigate through the interactive floor plan, the still listing photos for that particular room pull through into your image. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you guys actually have some of the software to build that out and be, be another mm -hmm. resource. I actually, yeah, we just did a podcast the other day with my friend Anya and she works at Inugo and they're doing a lot of digital assets and you know, um, they can take a blueprint and, you know, visualize a house basically that hasn't even been built yet. And I know there's a lot of development and emerging technology in that that's doing it faster and cheaper and, and more realistic too. So that's, that's, uh, I think a good move on your part to be able to offer that and give people a more uh, robust, you know, virtual experience. Um, so they don't have to waste so much time driving around and, and setting up appointments to look at all these homes. That's <laughs> that assuming, right. Yeah, it is. It is. And you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. I just met with um, a tech startup company called ImagineX and what they're doing, they kind of consider themselves the Matterport for unbuilt homes. Oh, and nice. um, I, we're looking at bringing them on as a partner for our builder partners. Um, but what they can do is they'll, they'll be able to take builder drawings, blueprints, all the upfront work that builders do, and they can actually construct this digital twin of what the house would look like on this vacant lot. And you can walk through it virtually. You can stage it with custom furniture and all sorts of neat oh, things. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So they're finding that these that consumers are spending four times four times the amount of time on the platform kind of exploring the listing. And their sales cycles are now uh, very condensed because they might not even have to build a model home or, or you don't have to wait until till anything's built on the lot, you can sell it ahead of time. Yeah. There's just some amazing technology. I know they have more tours, like a lot visualizer thing where, yeah, you can you put the floor plan like on the lot. And as you're walking on the lot, you're walking through the house at the same time. So you can like, Oh, I want to orientate the house, yeah. you know, 20 feet this way. Yeah. I want to, you know, twist it or whatever. It's just amazing. Some of the it things that are going to be coming down the pipeline and how it'll really enhance and kind of meld the virtual 
experience with the with the real experience of the build. Well, I, yeah, and I always think about just how cool it is for new construction to be able to kind of play in the same world as resale because historically you've got to get a very specific buyer that it's okay if I can't see it and touch it and feel it. And now you're able to do that. So think of how many more people we can bring into kind of the new construction world. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's studies that said people are like 62% visual or whatever. They're a very small percentage are like auditory. Right. And so, (laughs) you know, being able to, to improve that visual experience. And then also, you know, I think a lot of people just have trepidation about building because it's okay. It's a a longer process. It's complicated. Um, it, you know, it's just not for everyone. So the, the, the lower that we can move that barrier for people, then the more that I think that becomes a viable option. Absolutely. So, so speaking of like builders, cause part of our audience here on home building here, we have a lot of consumers that listen, but we have builders and uh, people in the industry from around the country. What are some benefits that you can offer building companies through Zillow that, um, you, you know, are, are available to, to builder members or, um, you know, developers or things like that, that, that have product to sell. So we have two different products uh, on Zillow. One is called promoted communities. That is, that is uh, basically it's allowing builders to showcase their communities, their buildable plans, their spec homes, kind of everything that would roll up into a community all in one place. It shows alongside resale homes on Zillow. Uh, which I, is that's like gold, right? Uh, and yep. then uh, with that program, uh, currently in its current state, all of the leads that are received for those promoted communities go back to the builder. So a lot of builders don't want their their leads going to agents. So this is a way that they can they can get leads. From sure, and that can get messy well. when you get a real estate agent involved that doesn't really understand anything about home building. It's you know <laughs> it it just works different, right? You you may not necessarily need an outside agent for those those type of you know, projects. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the other product we've got is a boot, it's called boost. And so you'll, you'll know it when you see it because it will show up on the main search results page uh, as it looks like just a tile, just like any other home that would show up, but it's advertising tile. So uh, I know a lot of builders are super interested in this right now because it's helping them build their brand, keep their brand front and center with consumers while we kind of go into this you know, unknown market, market, challenging market. (laughs) Um, But it really, it helps you kind of target however you want to target. So if it's, if it's one home or if it's a community or if it's just branding, uh, that boost product helps you do that. Okay. I love that. Um, So you kind of tease this up a little bit about, you know, the market and things like that. Now you have, obviously being at Zillow, you have access to some pretty interesting data as far as what's happening in the market. Um, I guess, first of all, what are you seeing in the market right now nationally uh, with, with, you know, home sales, prices, um, number of listings, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, kind of people, a big one. <laughs> uh, you know, but everybody's getting, you get caught up in the, the headlines and the clickbait and it sounds so scary and it's everything, the, the sky is falling. Um, but what we're seeing is that prices are dropping but that's not a bad thing. Prices are kind of normalizing. Um, I wouldn't well, even shut up so fast, so quickly. So they yeah, did. Good thing. And so if you look at the data year over year, there's still massive increases in prices from just a year ago, even though they're currently falling. <laughs> so, you know, and it's and interest rates are that's concerning because the higher they go, the more people can't afford homes. Right. Um, but those, you know, there's not a lot we can do about that. And I'm sure you've heard the, um, date the rate, marry the house. If you heard that, it's the no, new- I want you, I want you to explain that. 
So you date the interest rate because that's not a permanent thing. Sure. So, okay. You yep. know, but you're going to marry the house. So if you need to move or if you find your dream home, then maybe it's worth kind of dating that rate for a little little while till you find one that you can settle settle down with. I love that. We actually, we had a meeting today at our our company and we were talking about that. It's like, okay, if your dream home hits the market, you need to go in and buy it, right? Because it it, it won't be back in the market again for probably a long time, Uh, but you can always change the interest rate, you know, and you can, you know, as soon as it goes down a little bit, you can refinance, right? And um, I think that's what a lot of people are, you know, got scared, especially this summer when the rates shot up so quickly. Um, Cause I don't think we've ever seen this kind of a spike in rates this quickly it, over time. It happened really fast. It happened. Everything happened within like a two week period in June and all yep. of us. I was in DC meeting our legislature, yeah. our legislative representatives. And it was like, oh my gosh, the rates just shot up. And it was like, you know, it just changed the whole conversation. I, I just remember it vividly because the news came out right before we were walking up the steps of the Capitol. I was like, holy cow. <laughs> Timely. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, what are you guys doing here? Um, so yeah, no, I, I hear that. And, you know, we're still seeing like low inventory. Um, and and so, you know, especially the the price point, I would imagine and you can kind of chime in on this, but, you know, the, the lower stock pricing of housing, I think that's still seeing gains and lot of traction. And then obviously the higher price point is definitely slowed down a bit. It, would you agree that's kind of? Kind yeah, of I think there's that kind of middle high ground, the middle high price points are the ones that are really struggling right now. Um, once you get to the luxury market, it looks different. Uh, and those those houses are still selling from what I've read and what I've seen data wise. Um, and the affordable inventory, if you whatever you consider affordable, <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> okay. it's gone. It's non-existent. Uh, yeah. And that's across the country. Yeah, and I would know I'd agree with you. I've seen some some luxury stuff get listed and it's gone in a couple of days. And then you see, you know, anything that's, you know, on our market and the, you know, Wisconsin market, like the 400, even 350 you know, that's just still really white hot because we can't as a builder build it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, people are lining up and still buying those. We're not seeing the craziness with the multiple offers and no contingencies anymore, right. which is good. And and so what I think the messaging and, and you're right on with this is, you know, we're, we're back to a normal market. We had this crazy market for a year, year and a half where people were making really bizarre and, 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 <laughs> difficult decisions, right? They're buying stuff that's, you know, they didn't see they're buying it without any contingencies or they're, they're just bidding it up just to, to win. And -hmm. that's not really a, that's not healthy for consumers. And I am sure that, you know, there's challenges with that. So now we're getting back to more of, okay, you look at a home, you're going to consider some things, you're going to make an offer, go through the, the process. So I think it, in a way, if you, if you waited that period out, you're in a much better position as a, a home buyer. Yeah, absolutely. Buyers have more power than they've had in years right now. Yeah. And, but, but yeah, at the same time, we're still kind of in a, a fairly healthy market and it's still a good investment, right? Because I mean, you look at what's happening with the stock market, you know, they say, Not a good good. <laughs> what's that? Not a good investment. But yeah, the stock, yeah, the stock market's out, been it's, sketchy, it's, right? If you can hold out for the long term, it's a great time to buy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's yeah. opportunity there. But the nice thing is a lot of people say that housing is a great hedge against um, you know, uh, a recession because it may go down a little bit in value, but uh, you know, the trend line overall, when you look at value of housing, it's always kind of going up, right? It's on the upward 
So as long as you don't have to sell it during the worst period, you're going to, you know, have a good investment. It's still a good time to buy. So kind of moving forward to 2023, what do you, what do you expect or what are you hearing from your team and the people that kind of project uh, for the market in the coming year? Yeah, so in talking to our senior economists, it sounds just kind of like more of the same. Um, we're going to see things, and it's going to be very market dependent, but we're going to see things continue to drop in certain markets. I don't, I don't, in Wisconsin in particular, it's kind of just stagnant from the research that I saw. Um, other markets like your Californias, uh, your Western markets, those are the ones that are probably going to, I'm in Denver. Yeah, probably going to take a little bit more of a hit. Yeah, you've got um, kind of the migration, especially the coastal cities. We we did a mm-hmm. podcast called "The Cows Are Coming Home," and cow stands <laughs> for California, Oregon, and Washington. <laughs> and um, long story about that, but that's that's kind of a thing where they're moving out to the the Dakotas and the Montanas and Wyoming's, and yeah, you know, yeah. selling a two million dollar house and buying a million dollar house and having a mansion now. So kind of interesting, but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Like Wisconsin's, you know, kind of, we don't like when a recession hits, we don't really get hit as hard, but we also, when the market's really booming, we don't really, you know, boom, it's hard. Yeah. We're just kind of yeah. a little bit more stable or, you know, we got a lower, you know, if it was like a cardiac monitor, it's a, a much more reduced, uh, you know, experience on that. And so it's kind of good and bad, right? We don't get as much mm-hmm. of the gains, but we don't have as big of losses either. Um, do you see any markets in particular that are still just killing it? Not, not really. There's no. some markets in Florida, um, kind of that Sunbelt area. There's still some markets. I've, I've talked to some Texas builders. Um, they're still holding pretty strong because they're building more of that affordable housing stock too. And so a lot of those builders are still seeing, you know, pretty good activity. Um, and the Florida markets, that's been, that's where everybody's been migrating. So yeah, <laughs> that seems to be pretty strong down there, obviously. Growth. Yeah. They're building mm-hmm. like crazy. And I have some friends that are in the you know building industry down there, of course. And yeah, they're just like, gosh, it's still crazy mm-hmm. and getting product. And then now you have the hurricanes in certain areas. So right. that's going to put pressure on, on the rebuilds and, and that, yeah, it's going to just be kind of going on for a while there, I think. So, I think so. but yeah, it just kind of shows when you have a favorable environment there, uh, how that can really foster, you know, growth and not only businesses, but then people wanting to live there. Yeah. I hope so. Climate's all right too. Climate's okay. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, Great. So is there, is there something else you want to share? Maybe something that people don't know about you that you think would be interesting? Uh, Well, I'm talking to Wisconsin. So uh, I'm a diehard Broncos fan. Okay. (laughs) I used to be a Denver Broncos cheerleader. So I kind of, yeah, that's the reason why I asked it because I I, I kind of saw that as I was looking you up and I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if she'll bring that up. So, <laughs> so I'll forgive you for the fact that your your Denver Broncos beat uh, the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl way back in the day. So I don't Ooh, know if you were, I don't know if you were around back then. As uh, I sure was. I were sure you Were you cheering on uh, John Elway then? Yes, I sure was. <laughs> yeah, well, it was an exciting time for you, and it was a good way for him to go out. Absolutely. So, how was that experience? What uh, uh, what was that like? I mean, I've never had more fun as an 18 year old kind of getting into the last of the John Elway era. That's dating myself, but cheering for the last of the John Elway era is pretty special to be a part of that. And this group of women uh, that makes up that the cheerleaders is just a really special, special group. And you kind of get this this unique bond. Um, We actually do every five years we do an alumni 
event and we cheer it. We do a dance at halftime. And oh, that's, that's coming awesome. Up, that's coming up in <laughs> December. So oh, that's cool. So you're like, oh, I got to get ready for that, right? Yeah, dusting off those boots and the cobwebs and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's right. Because you guys have kind of a, well, you have a, you know, kind of a distinct, you know, kind of look and feel with, you know, um, you know, the Broncos, but you know, like we have the Green Bay Packers, we don't have cheerleaders, you know, um, I and, know. and they don't really want to be outside anyway, when it's right. You know, That's what out, I was so. say is maybe the weather is not, it's not really conducive. No, we cheese. have the big wedge of cheese you put on your head. So. <laughs> yeah. It's so uh, we probably trade, trade experiences for that, but, uh, no, that's really cool. And, you know, it's neat to, to hear, you know, the other side of it, you know, the other things that you're involved with. And, you know, it's kind of cool that, you know, you have, um, you know, kind of a long-standing friendship with that. It had to be pretty cool to be, you know, traveling. I mean, now did you travel directly with the team, or did you? How did that work? Nope, we didn't travel with the team except to the Super Bowl. So, oh, okay. Yeah, big goals. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's still fun, nonetheless. I'm sure. And did yeah. you did that allow you to get involved a bit with the community? Um, yes, tons of community outreach uh, through through the Broncos. It was that was probably the most rewarding part. Everything else is just really fun, but getting to be out and part of the community and see just the impact that you can make and put a smile on somebody's face just by being there is pretty special. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we do um, like our company, we do stuff with the community as well. So like we do Operation Finally Home. So we do the the free home for a wounded veteran. And that's oh, just, awesome. it just, um, it's just a great thing to be able to do. And, and the fact that yeah. you can interact with the community and share some good and enjoy in whatever business you're doing, I think is, is just awesome. So I'm sure that was, was pretty neat for you to be a part of those kind of things or just be a part of, you know, the different giveaways and things like that, that they do with the team. So, yeah. well, very cool. Well, hopefully um, I know uh, the Broncos aren't maybe doing quite so well uh, at the moment, just like the Packers are struggling. We <laughs> so. don't like to talk about that right now. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a, <laughs> been a bad uh, week or two for us here, but yeah. uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll turn around. Maybe our teams will meet again in the, in the Super Bowl, so oh, hopefully maybe, maybe not this year, but maybe the year <laughs> too, right? <laughs> Got some things to work out. Yes. Awesome. Well, is there uh, anything else that uh, you know maybe I didn't ask that you'd like people to know about? Anything with Zillow or? Yeah, you know, for your audience, I think it's just I think it's really fun to kind of give a peek behind the curtain because everybody knows Zillow as Zillow. It's you go on this cool app, you play around, you get to look at nice houses, even if you're not buying one. Um, but Zillow is a really big company, so that's really only part of it. Uh, we've got people doing really important and meaningful work all over the place. So from government affairs um, to social impact uh, to our industry relations teams, um, we've got a Zillow for good and an, an equity and belonging, all sorts wow. of these little like interwoven workings behind the scenes that you would never know. And so, you know, love Zillow or hate Zillow. I know we can be polarizing in the industry, but it's made up of amazing human beings doing some really cool stuff. Um, and all we really want is to be kind of part of the industry and to help make a bigger impact and affect positive change. So. No, that's awesome. And I think uh, I'm glad you shared that because, you know, obviously I don't think, you know, a lot of people are aware of that. And that's just the great part about podcasting is sometimes you can get deeper into stuff like that. So yeah. I, I like that. And like hearing those kind of things that you guys are doing and, you know, I think it's, it's impactful and it's, um, uh, it, it just shows a different side of it. And the other thing I was going to bring up is that, you know, one of the challenges with, with real estate, and then especially like the building industry is building is always kind of technology adverse or builders are by nature, right? They don't get technology. They don't love it. Um, and, and a lot of builders skew older 
And so, you know, it, it becomes hard for them to adopt that. So I think, you know, some of the stuff that you guys are doing is, is helping again, you know, make it easier so that, you know, the, the little builder and stuff like that doesn't have to invest in all that technology when you guys have a lot of that stuff at your fingertips. Would you agree? That's definitely, that's, that's what we're trying to do is we want to make it accessible, easy. It, we don't want you to be afraid of it. We're going to drag everybody along with us and try to create products that everybody can use. Fantastic. Well, if someone wanted to um, learn a little bit more about Zillow or if there's some resources that you would like to direct people to, where would they go? Sure. So uh, if you want to know just more about Zillow leadership and kind of our mission and that stuff, uh, zillowgroup.com is where you find that. Uh, we also have amazing data. So I would say zillow.com forward slash uh, research. You'll find all of our econ articles, uh, just tons of great, just relevant data and articles. Um, and then we've got zillow.com forward slash research forward slash data. <laughs> Not in the mouthful, but really great site where you can get market specific data uh, for all sorts of different points that you'd want to look up. So uh, pricing history, listing history, all sorts of different things. And we've got some data that goes back like 20 years. So well, that's awesome. That. And you know, I, I mean, I love, I kind of, I hate to admit this, but I kind of nerd out a little bit about economic stuff. And so like, I always look forward to when I go to meetings and the economist is there and, you know, kind of <laughs> get the behind the scenes, but that's really cool that you guys have some of these other, you know, pieces to your website that I don't think people always are aware of. So I think this is, this is great to get this information out to people and share like, Hey, there's a lot of other stuff kind of behind the curtain that, mm -hmm. you know, unless you're really searching hard, you're, you're maybe not going to be aware of it. So Absolutely. perfect. Well, thank you again, Kedra from Zillow uh, for joining the home building hero today. I appreciate it. We learned a lot from you today. Thanks, David. All right. Appreciate Welcome to the home building hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need, no matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Coming to you live today from the Bellman Homes studio. I am David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and thank you for tuning in to The Home Building Hero today. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future content.